This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Ben, we're about to do a football segment and you put on Oasis, you put on a Manchester City band for a Liverpool fan. Please, please change it up, my good man. Come on. When you That's better. Through a storm Hold your hand up high Andy Buckley, who does commentary for the BBC covering Manchester City games, is my guest on the programme. Andy, good evening. Welcome. Good evening. How are you, Mark? Good, thank you. I thought you might be singing along to You'll Never Walk Alone, my good man. Well, what happened to the team of the century, as they were described in April? It's not really worked out quite like that, has it? No, it's been it's been goddamn awful, actually. Look, my theory on this is that that's the danger of trying to win all four. That's the danger of playing every game of every competition. There's a hangover, just simply not enough time to recover. I mean, and I think Alexander-Arnold is a great example of it. Finishes that Champions League and then, you know, has England duties with this European sort of league competition that they have and... Yeah, just hasn't had a chance to refresh and, and, you know, be careful what you wish for. Well, it's the intensity of the English game. That's what catches people out. Um, Great scrutiny over Trent Alexander-Arnold. He scored a good free kick last night. Uh, Liverpool cruised past Rangers, as expected. Uh, The so-called Battle of Britain, but I think Rangers turned up with water pistols as much as anything because uh, uh, much inferior league in Scotland, so uh, hardly any surprise there. But, yeah, I mean, Alexander-Arnold, there was a great piece by Gary Neville on uh, Sky Sports on Monday night analysing his, 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 not just his body language, but the, the way that he uh, faces up to attackers and, and just saying that he's, he's got the ability to become the best right-back there's ever been. He, he likened him to Cafu, the legendary Brazilian right-back, but said he's got to decide whether, because he's a great footballer, but in, in my mind, a right-back has got to be a great defender first and foremost, and he's, he's overlooking some of the essentials at the moment. And, and, and Neville said he went up to Newcastle uh, a couple of summers early in his career and learned the art of, of defending. And he said almost it'd be a blessing in disguise, he said, for Tra- Alexander Arnold, if he didn't go to the World Cup and spent those six weeks during the World Cup sort of just learning some of the basics that he's kind of overlooking at the moment. I know it's controversial to a Liverpool fan especially. No, no, but, look, uh, but based, based on form, I don't think I don't think Southgate can take Alexander-Arnold, but then at the same time, I struggle with how Harry Maguire can be part of the bigger picture and part of Southgate's England team, because I think he is a hell of a lot worse than Alexander-Arnold at the moment. Well, I agree. I agree. And there is talk that uh, Harry Maguire should not go. Definitely. Uh, I'd be surprised if he did go, I would have thought, after being a shoo-in at one stage. Um, but, um, I mean, how long have we got if we're talking about Manchester United's problems? I'm, I'm all right for the next two hours. Uh, but uh, and, and in the papers this morning in England, 
there's a lot of question marks over Anthony and Jaden Sancho and their unwillingness to track back and follow the instructions of the manager in the derby on Sunday. And Paul Skull said in an Instagram post, he said, what happened to the days of, and he put a picture of Beckham and Giggs, and he said, what happened to the days of when wingers had cover for fullbacks, which is a basic art, really, of playing football, and it didn't happen for United on uh, uh, Sunday. Notice how I turned the conversation to the Manchester derby there, Mark, quite discreetly. <laughs> and we will touch, and we will, uh, and we will touch on uh, that... <laughs> Yeah, that as well. But look, I I think Mo Salah sort of falling into that trap a little bit. He sort of looks at times a little bit laboured and a little bit disinterested, and uh, yeah, not getting back at key times. Yeah, well, I just think that Liverpool's tactics and and the, their playing style has been ripped apart in terms of uh, the, the, the the tactic book and the, the you know the, the the way that they approach the game by all the experts and how easy it is, as Brighton proved last Saturday, to play against them now. Uh, and it definitely is a crossroads for Jurgen Klopp because uh, uh, you know Salah is, is symptomatic, really, of a lot of the players who are just not doing it. Uh, Nunez, yeah, OK, he's still in his early days, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But, but Liverpool are, of, of, you know, and it's, it's the Liverpool City game a week on Sunday, I think it is, um, there's the, the analysis of Liverpool and the way that they've fallen by the wayside. And it's a team, you know, I saw Liverpool destroy City in the Community Shield at Leicester at the end of July. And I thought, wow, this team's going to be take some stopping this season. And then the next game, they drew up Fulham in the opener in the Premier League and uh, just not, not got it together. So, But tactically, the, the experts, the, 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 the Guardiolas and the, the Graham Potters, etc., and managers and not even of that stature, have managed to find a way past Liverpool. So I think there's, there's a fundamental issue with the way that Liverpool are playing and the execution of Liverpool's tactics as well and the pressing and, and whether, whether it's happening. And, uh, so it's fascinating stuff, really. Just getting back to the England team and the naming of that, uh, Leicester City midfielder James Madison, does he make your team? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I quite like him, actually. Um, I, I think he's got a swagger about him. I think he's got a lot of skill. Um, and yeah, I, I, he'd definitely be in the mix-up for me. But the problem with England is you've got people who perform well at club level who don't quite cut it at international level. Phil Foden is a classic example at the moment. Foden's been outstanding this season, um, and yet for England, not quite at the level. Now, is that Gareth Southgate rather than Pep Guardiola? And, and it's been a story for England players for many years where Great players at club level never quite turn it on for England, and and you know such a frustration really for uh, the national team uh, over decades. Mm, but there has been talk that England perhaps need to build their game around Phil Foden, make him your focal point, make him your star. Yeah, and indeed, um, I, I just think he's uh, De Bruyne. Um, a preview in the Copenhagen game tonight said that. He's still got things to learn, Foden, and he said he will eventually play as a central midfielder. He's been playing on the wing, he played on right wing on Sunday, he's been playing on left wing mainly this season. Uh, and he said he, he's game suited at the moment to play out wide because if you play in the middle of the park, you've got to be astute, you've got to be smart, you've got to be aware of what's going on when you've not got the ball as when you've got the ball as much as anything. And he said he's not quite there. Yeah. And there's only somebody like De Bruyne can not criticise but offer advice to Foden and get away with it. Um, I saw Phil Foden's first goal for City at Oxford about four or five years ago, commentating on it, uh, the 1-3-0 in the, the League Cup. 
the Carabao Cup. And uh, who would have thought that here we are, he's scored his 50th uh, City goal on Sunday and uh, a phenomenal talent harnessed in the right way as with a lot of them uh, or offers an awful lot I mean Jaden Sancho is a classic example of somebody who was at City got booed when he came off on Sunday by the City fans because he refused to go on a pre-season tour, tour to America unless he'd got a new contract off Guardiola Guardi said no you're not having it uh, you come on the tour and then we'll decide uh, and uh, so he, he basically went to Germany and then he's come back an expensive signing for Manchester United. Did nothing. Uh, United have got a lot of very good players harnessed in the right way, bringing the best out of mm. them. They've spent a fortune. Their wage bill is ridiculous. But, so there's a thin line. That's what I'm trying to say, really. There's a thin line at England level and at club level between Jadon Sancho, who looked the best thing a couple of years ago, and then has fallen by the wayside because it's not happened for him at club level at United. Uh, because he's not either been coached well, the, the cohesion's not been there, the team spirit's been not there. And Liverpool are experiencing that at the moment, aren't they, in a way? You think everything's going so brilliantly, uh, you know, jokingly said about the team of the century. They were being tipped as, a, oh, this is a team that could do the clean sweep, the grand slam earlier in the season. Didn't happen. And then you just lose something. And, and it, it, it's that kind of, you know what it's like. You've, you've competed at sport at the highest level, um, uh, in triathlon, you you know that you can you can you, you just lose something and it, it's it's gone and it's very hard to get it back. Mm. Uh, Spurs they had a nil all draw this morning with Frankfurt, uh, beaten badly by Arsenal over the weekend. Um, Antonio Conte, I mean, certainly come in and appears to be moving Spurs in the right direction. What are they What are they lacking at the moment? What, what, what's missing? Um, I thought it, I was. I watched the Arsenal game on Saturday, and I just thought they rolled over a little bit too easily. Really, I think Arsenal a bit. There's a lot of hype around Arsenal um, that they need that when they do suffer at some stage this season, that's when they'll get probably get found out. Um, and and Spurs just sort of fell victim to to an to Arsenal side who obviously on a high. Uh, they got a decent draw last night. Uh, missed a few chances apparently. Um, in the Champions League. So, uh, and I still think they'll go through and I think they're a work in progress on the Conte. Whether they can go that extra step and become challenges for silverware is another matter because it's the old Spursy thing. Are they, are they capable? Uh, and yet, one, they always seem to let you down. They always seem to come up short when it actually matters. I think they've got some great players, um, but again, it, it, there's always there's always a question mark against them. And I think the same applies this time. Um, and I think that they're probably finishing the top three or four, but is that good enough for Tottenham? Um, yet again, another season of, uh, of of nearly men. They got to the Champions League, what, three years ago? So, Champions League final. So, uh, and I quite like Spurs. I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, affection for Tottenham and the way that they play football, the way the clubs run. But... Uh, and then with Conte, you always wonder that if it's not being done his way, will he hang around? So there's always that question mark. I am, you're not convinced that Conte is going to be there for five years. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, let's talk about your mob. Uh, Champions League group stages tomorrow. They take on FC Copenhagen. On the weekend, they they will play Southampton at home. What sort of team are you going to put out on the field tomorrow? Is there room to put out a second string side? 
good question. And I wouldn't play Haaland. I'd leave him out. I'm going today uh, with my two sons. Looking forward to it, despite the incessant Manchester rain, which makes it quite a challenge on a wet Wednesday in uh, October in Manchester. You can picture the scene, can't you? Um, but I wouldn't play Haaland. I'd leave him out. But he can't play him in every game. He's got the World Cup where he's going to have a six-week rest because um, Norway aren't in the World Cup. So he's got that to come, but he's still a long way off. We've got Southampton on Saturday, uh, playing in the Premier League rather than the Champions League, which says something about really the way that the Champions League group stages are such a bit of a, um, a formality, shall we say, for some clubs, mm. for some clubs, uh, including City, because Liverpool are going to qualify despite losing the first game at Napoli. Napoli and Liverpool, I think Spurs will go through. Um, mm. Chelsea probably will come good with a new manager, but I think City go to Copenhagen next week. So I'd play Alvarez. I'd give him valuable game time and leave Haaland on the bench. Mm. Now, there is, a young, there is a young New Zealander, Marco Stemanich, who is playing for FC Copenhagen. So keep an eye on him. I will, I will, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's uh, there's not the great, great anticipation and excitement about tonight, I'll be honest with you, in Manchester, because it's you're playing six games for two teams to get knocked out and... Uh, it only gets interesting. I sound like uh, the thing is, I hanker for the old days where it used to be a straight knockout in the European Cup mm. and um, how it used to be. But it's all about money, of course, these days, which is mm. a different conversation. Uh, but yeah, I think he's got to. I think I'd leave De Bruyne out tonight. I wouldn't play him. Uh, Rodri probably get a rest. May save him for Southampton or for Liverpool weekend after next. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a comfortable win mm. for City, but. Um, uh, rest one or two by all means. Yeah. Uh, Kanji's the one. Fifteen million pounds he cost. What a signing he is! His skill. Did you see it on Sunday? The derby. His skill and control and oh, unbelievable. Yeah, can I, Andy? Why would a New Zealander who's mad keen on Liverpool wake up in the middle of the night to watch the Manchester derby? <laughs> why would I do that, Andy? Because you, you want to watch a nine-goal thriller in which Manchester United lose unluckily. <laughs> you might <laughs> that, you, that's the that, point, that, hey? That's the point. I probably should have just woken up to watch uh, Manchester United lose. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, just just on that, um, I was talking to another colleague of ours, Guy McRae, the other day on the programme, uh, talking some other stuff on football, but we were sort of talking about Manchester City. For them to become a truly global brand, to become one of the great clubs, you know, to join the likes of the Liverpool, United, uh, Barcelona, Madrid, Juventus, AC Milan, etc., you need to win that Champions League, don't you? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you do need to win the Champions League, and that's what the owners want. They want that blue ribbon. They want the, the holy grail of the Champions League. Uh, but to win four out of five Premier League titles ain't bad uh, in terms of the progress and the way that the club are developing. There was a lovely little cameo, uh, match of the day, iconic programme in England. Uh, Sunday night, Guy Mowbray, uh, Great commentator, probably the BBC's number one TV commentator, said there was a shot of the United fans walking out before half-time, 4-0 down. They're all they're walking out. And I, I said to my son, I said, they're going, they're leaving. He said, no, no, they're going for a, a beer before at half-time. I said, no, they are going. And they didn't come back. And there's a, an aerial shot from a drone of the fans mm-hmm. walking out of the stadium. And Guy Mowbray said... Uh, and they, then they cut, they panned from not they panned, they cut to a shot of Alex Ferguson sat in the stand, and they said Ferguson was asked in 2009, "Will Manchester City ever go into a Manchester derby as favourites?" 
And he said, not in my lifetime. And Guy Mowbray then, slight pause, then said, now it's every time. Wow. It, it, yeah, it no, yeah, no, great line. Iconic line too. Wow. Um, uh, look, is everybody, I mean, you're a Manchester City man and you've waited a long time. You deserve uh, what's happening uh, for your club at the moment. But is everybody playing for second? Are we all just playing for second now? I mean, you appear that good. Um, wouldn't say so. No, far from it. Um, well, who's going to challenge? Who's going to challenge you though? Seriously, who's going to challenge you that hasn't already stumbled? Uh, well, I don't think Arsenal will win the title, but I think there's a lot of people who are quite enjoying seeing Arsenal have a bit of a renaissance um, and doing well. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know who's going to challenge Chelsea. I think a rate Potter, so hopefully he can get things sorted out. There's a bit of stability there. Uh, only for his sake, I don't really like Chelsea, but uh, yeah, it's good. I, I don't know. I don't want to be kind of cocky and turn around and say, well, it's a one-horse race, and here we are at the start of October, far from it. Um, it's, the, question, the, the talking point in England is not so much who's going to win the league, it's how many goals Harland's going to score. Um, uh, he's just uh, phenomenal, really. Three hat-tricks in successive home games, and he's it, just he's a beast. It's unbelievable. Uh, so how many goals will he score? I think somebody had, had a bet on Haaland to score 50 goals at 100 to 1. Uh, it's a, what, would they put £15? I don't know. They were, I'm no good with maths. But they were going to win £1,500 and they'd got an offer of a cash out of £500. And they said, shall I take the £500 cash out now? Or, or shall I? And it was a big say, oh yeah, take it or leave the money in or whatever. So... It, it, you know how many goals will he end up with? That that is, a, but so that's that's a fascination. Um, I mean, Jamie Carragher said the other night. He said, "Oh, uh, enjoy the fact that Haaland is playing in England. Go and see him and uh, enjoy this this phenomenal footballer while you can." And uh, City fans are just lapping it up, really, because yeah. uh, he's ours. Do you think Haaland, I mean, there's been talk of heard his father come out that he'll look he'll be at City maybe for another three or four years. You could imagine him at some point probably wanting to go and play for Barcelona or Real Madrid. Do you believe the club has the ability yeah. to make him a lifetime player, to make him one of the greats of City, a 10-year, a decade player, a generational player? No, 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 I don't think so. I think Aguero stayed 10 years. And when Aguero left, you know, all the tears, the day Aguero went and is irreplaceable, but two years on, City have, have uh, got a great replacement. Um, and there's talk that he's, he's got a clause in his contract that in 2024 he can go to Real Madrid. And his father said he wants to sample the top leagues in Europe. And you can't blame him. Nobody mm. would blame him that. Everton mm. apparently could have signed him for £5 million in 2018. and mm. Decided he wasn't worth it. Um, but uh, no, no, uh, let's enjoy it while it lasts. Let's enjoy a Guardiola while it lasts. Let's enjoy the ride, but it ain't going to last. Uh, these things come in cycles. Manchester United fans are finding that out now. Mm. They do come in cycles. Uh, and uh, I know football uh, money has influenced it more than it would have done decades ago. But if, even if you go back to Manchester United in the 70s and 80s, they were always the big spenders, relatively. They were spending more money than than anybody else on wages and on transfers. And, and all right, I know it's it's astronomical now, the, month, the sums that are spent. So money does talk, yeah. Would Guardiola be able to succeed with a team that didn't have the financial muscle of Manchester City? Great question, but we'll never know the answer, will we? Mm-hmm. Andy, lovely to have you on the programme. Hope you're keeping yourself busy, big fella. Uh, yeah, fine. All good. Yourself? 
Yeah, yeah, no, hanging in there, you know, still married, which always counts, you know, yep, yep, you know, I'm beha- I am behaving, quite a bit of commentary across a number of sports, I've got um, some Q sports and some diving and some, what else, some water polo and yeah, some various things, so yeah, no, it's a nice eclectic mix, Andy. Good effort, good man. Hey, Great lovely to speak to you. Yeah, lovely to have you on the programme there, Andy Buckley, BBC football commentator.